0: Once again, good morning and happy Father's Day. I am honored to be um, preaching the message this morning. About a month and a half ago, Roger came to me and said, Hey, this is your very first Father's Day. Would you like the opportunity to preach it? And I kind of looked at him like, you know what? I'm going to give it a go, right? Um, And so I am probably the most least experienced on staff when it comes to being a dad. Um, But I do feel like God has been teaching me so much and just... Being a dad is one of the absolute greatest things in the world. And so you guys are going to have to bear with a few proud dad moments this morning, a few proud dad pics. Um, And so this is sweet little Juliet on July the 12th um, last year, around 6.49 in the morning. We were blessed. This picture was taken at 7.06, so I had to wait seven whole minutes, right, for them to do the little gook on the eye stuff. Still don't understand why they do that stuff. But this moment right here, When you hold your little one for the very first time is a moment that I will never forget. And so because of this little squirt, I'm a dad. um, It is incredible. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, but she's actually in the building this morning. And so I'm going to be bringing her up here in just a second. Um, But before I do, I want to show you another picture, right? So that was the hospital picture. And then you have this. Right and so they always say okay you need to get them dolled up you need to get them looking awesome and here's this picture and right you're like oh what a sweet look at that took like 2 hours right it was a complete disaster um i think we had to feed her i don't know how many times i think if I don't want to exaggerate, but I think we got peed on for this photo here. Um, Everybody sees the beautiful end result, but parenthood is literally the disaster leading up to this moment that we show and we're so proud of, right? So as a first-time dad, like I know last year I technically got the honor of celebrating because Juliet was eight months, right? Um, But when she's here and she's running around, it makes it feel very, very real this year. Um, And so I'm just thankful that God is blessed me with this great gift and so like like instead of showing you guys the family photo I'm going to have my wife come on up here Um, so this is Abby and this is our little girl Juliet and I think it's hilarious because I told the eight o'clock service that one service was going to have the honor and privilege of getting the live version I just didn't know which one and so in between this service she calls me proudly and is like I think it's the 10.50, and then two minutes later calls, nope, 9.30, cancel that, right? So this is life with a little one. Um, She is a redhead, and with that, it is so true. Like all the spunk, all of the craziness, and sometimes she's a little bit grumpy. I don't know how we're doing this morning. She's grumpy, right? Um, But everybody out there is like, oh, she's so cute. She's perfect, right? And in all honesty, to me, she is. And so this is my beautiful wife, and I'm just so thankful. Like, this is what it's all about. And so I'm going to let them go ahead and head off stage, but um, I wanted you guys to see why I'm such a proud dad this morning. Um, And I know that God has put a message on my heart um, because I struggled with it, right? Roger asked me quite— a bit ago to like hey preach something and i was like oh like this is gonna be easy um, but it wasn't and surprisingly this isn't my first father's day message i know that sounds crazy um but about six years ago my former senior pastors like brett i'm gonna set you up for ministry i want you to experience everything there is and so you're gonna preach a father's day message as a 25 year old single dude And I scratched my head, and I was like, are you sure this is a good idea? Like, there's going to be dads out there, and I have zero advice to offer for dads. Like, this is going to be a disaster. And this morning, I stand before you as (laughs) 11-month dad, right, of advice. But, so guess what I did? I went to my dad. And I was like, dad, I am preaching on Sunday morning, and I, I just don't know what to share. And just as all dads do, it wasn't complicated, but he looked at me and said, it's pretty simple, Brett. Preach God's word. Like, go in the word, search it, and the Lord will put a message on your heart. And whether it's Father's Day themed or not, it doesn't matter. God will speak. And this is a picture of my dad. Shout out to Ken. Um, He doesn't love holding little bitty babies, right? He's the guy who, like when I first brought her to him, I'm like, dad, you want to hold her baby? He's like, no, no, thanks. I'm good. (laughs) You know, like, um, but he loves with all that he has. And so before the day was over, this was his finger. He's like, let me hold that little squirt, you know? And so I captured this moment, and it's just one of those awesome things of you seeing your dad love on your little one. And so... This man taught me my work ethic. This man taught me all that I know. Um, This man taught me to follow Christ. And so he wasn't um, raised in a church home. He found Christ later on in life. But when he found the Lord, it radically changed him. And so I get to experience Jesus because he experienced it in a special way. And this is something that the greatest thing he ever could have passed down to me. Obviously, I didn't get his size. I didn't get his height, right? My mama's 4'11". That's me. But my dad passionately loves the Lord. And he didn't fake it. It was real to him when he wanted to be in the Lord's house to worship each and every Sunday. And that's something that I caught. That Jesus is real. And that Jesus is the reason why we're all here. And so I'm so thankful to my dad and just all that he's done for me over the years. Um, but I do want to share, I think it's really funny. Um, the passage that I preached, you guys want to know my title? Right from six years ago, 25 year old Brett laying it on the congregation. My title was The Do's and the Don'ts of Being a Dad. And I looked at 2 Samuel and the story of Eli. Um, and his sons, and also the story of Elkanah, right? And as I look back, I'm like, well, that's pretty bold, right? A 25-year-old guy, like, let me give you the do's and the don'ts, but here are the two do's that I shared. And man, these are what, still today, six years later, I'm going, that's what I want to do as a dad. Here they were. Teach your children to know and serve the Lord, and teach your children to grow in the Lord. And I think that that is something that if you wrap onto that, that's what I believe my dad did for me. There, I mean, he didn't teach me a ton of deep theological truths, but he taught me to know who God is and to serve him with all that I am. He taught me how to grow in the Lord by opening up my Bible. Like, I don't know how many mornings I walked downstairs and out on the kitchen table, my dad's Bible was there. Every Sunday morning, without fail, like, mom would be cooking breakfast, he'd be down there reading his Bible. And I think that that's the truth that I want my kids to see, that the Lord is real to me. Here was my three don'ts, and man, talk about bold and getting after it. Um, I talked about learning to discipline your kids, how to confront sin, and not putting your kids before the Lord. And man, those those are kind of hard. And as I really stopped and thought about it, like those are things I want to do, but man, it's a whole lot easier to say them. Than to do them. And I get the privilege of being the student pastor around here, and sometimes parents come to me for advice, which is crazy, right? I'm like, you guys are the experts. But as I sit there and we have these conversations, like sometimes they throw up their hands and are like, Brad, I just don't know what to do. Like, we're doing the best you can. And I'm like, I'm right there with you. Like, parenting is incredibly hard. But here's the beautiful truth that I've found you're not alone. The Lord is right there with you, and He is the one who's going to lead you. He's the one who's going to guide you. And ultimately, it's about showing your kids and teaching them how to have a relationship with the Lord. And there's been many things that I've said, like, as a parent, there's no way I'm doing that 11 months in. And guess what? I've had to put it in reverse, back it up a bit, and here I am doing just that. Because as a father, like, you do whatever it takes to make sure that you protect that little one. You do whatever it takes to show that kid love. And I'm not saying anything new this morning. Dad's all around the room. You're nodding your head this morning. Um, And so that do's and don'ts message, like I felt like I could have preached it this morning, but it wasn't fresh on my heart, right? I wanted something that I knew that God had passionately and boldly proclaimed, told me to proclaim this morning. And so I got to thinking about how, The Lord has taught me so much about himself. As becoming a father, like it opened my eyes to the truth of his scripture and how much he is that ultimate father for us. And as Bob said this morning, like some of you have incredible journeys of awesome time with your dads. And there's so many fond memories. You can't think of anything that he's done wrong But I also know out there this morning that there's so many that have been hurt from an earthly father. And man, let me tell you, there is hope. Because Jesus, his heavenly father, he did everything right. And he is the one who we want to look to this morning. And so the two moments, and I already shared one of them with you this morning, that I believe God has really used to grow me deeper, was the moment that Abby told me that she was pregnant right? That moment of, oh my goodness, I'm a dad. But then that moment of holding Juliet for the first time, and I call that the father's love, right? And this this picture of those cute little toes and those hands, like on vacation this year, I took a picture of Juliet's little feet, and it's supposed to be really cute, but as I look back at it, I call it fat toesies, like it's just a little bitty fat toes, Right? but like, those are the moments that I'm going to cherish. Those are the pictures that, as time goes on, I look back and go, that's my kid's fat little toes. Um, And so God has just been working on me, and I I started like making a list. um, As Roger was saying, like, Brett, will you preach for this? And I didn't get very far. And there's only a few words this morning, um, but man, these words have really grown my understanding of who God the Father is. But before I share my words and before I read um, our scripture from God's word, I found a funny story um, that I just believe really pictures being a dad. And so let me read it to you this morning. It's about an 80-year-old man who is sitting on a sofa in his house with his 45-year-old, highly educated son, right? And so some of you this morning, whether you want to admit it or not, like this could be you, right? You've got up there in age just a little bit, and your son's now full grown. And so this story right here might relate a little bit more to you guys, um, but even for you young dads, catch on to this, right? So they're sitting there on the sofa, They're having a conversation, and suddenly a crow is perched on their window, right? Can you see this? Well, if you can't, here you go. Let me help you imagine. So the father asked his son, and I believe, right, as the story unfolds, you're going to see why, but the father grins. He's been waiting for this moment for many, many years, right? The father asked his son, what is that? What is this? The son replied, dad, it's a crow. Right? Like, come on, you know this. A few minutes later, the father asked his son a second time, Hey, what is this? And so the son, father, papa, I just told you, like, you forgetting? This is a crow. After a little while, the father again asked the son for the third time, Hey, son, what is this? At this time, some expression of irritation was felt in the son his tone. When he said to the father, kind of scoffingly, um, three, you've asked three times now, dad. It's a crow. A crow. It's a crow, dad. A little while after, the father smiled and asked his son a fourth time, what is this? This, this time the son shouted at the father, why do you keep asking me the same question again and again? Like, is this a joke to you now? Obviously, you're not forgetting. I've told you so many times, Dad, it's a crow. Are you not un- able to understand this? A little later, the father went to his room and came back with an old, tattered diary, which he had maintained since his son was born. Upon opening a page, he asked his son to read that page. And this is what the son read as he read. Today, my little son, aged three... Was sitting on the sofa with me when a crow was sitting on the window. My son then asked me 23 times (laughs) what this was. (laughs) Right? Imagine being the son here in this moment, like, oh boy. I replied to him all 23 times, It's a crow, son. I hugged him lovingly each time that he asked me the same question again and again for 23 times i did not at all feel irritated i felt rather the affection for my innocent child man what a simple funny story about all that parents go through and especially like we're not quite to that stage yet like we get dad 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 mom mom right and there's not really a bunch of words that come out yet but it's coming for me what's that What's that? Why? And as I was thinking through that, like, parents, how do you do it? How do you make it through all those times of frustration? Like, kids can be a lot. Here's what that son then wrote upon processing what his dad did for him growing up. Dad cared for me ever since I was a child. Dad has always showered me with his selfless love on me, dad would cross all the mountains and valleys with, without even seeing the storm and heat to make me the person presentable in society today. That is a father's love. And I know that I'm a rookie at this thing, right? And I've got a lot to learn. But man, there is something incredible about an earthly dad's love. And how no matter what it is, you're going to try to overcome that obstacle for that kid. You're going to do whatever you can. You're going to try to be as patient as possible. And that's just the earthly father. This morning, I want to point us to a heavenly father. And this father, he gives good, incredible gifts. And this morning, I'm gonna be reading from the book of 1 John. And we don't have time to read all that I wanted to get to this morning because I've got two other stories from God's word that I wanna share. But as you know, in 1 John, it's a small little letter and John is just trying to communicate one big truth. God is love. And so he goes through showing these people, right, in his letter of how God gave up his son, how he gave up his life, and how incredible this is. But before we get there, right, I want to share that list with you. And I only got three words written down, but these are the words that I believe that God really challenged me in. And the first one, you could probably guess what it is, patience, right? So many people those, and I, I'm so glad that God gives you time to prepare. When you find out you're pregnant, you got nine months to try to get your act together. And man, you need every single second of it. Like to prepare the nursery, to get things around, like to make sure that you are mentally ready to be a dad or a mom. But man, let me tell you, there's still just, it's not enough time. And people told me like, Brett, your patience is going to be tested. And I feel like overall, I'm a very patient person. Like, it takes a lot to get me worked up. It takes a lot to ruffle my feathers. But a screaming baby at like 12 o'clock at night when you're driving down the road and they will not stop and it's piercing your head that just feels like it's about to explode, this word is like gone. Patience. Little kids, especially babies, aren't really good at helping your patience. But here's what they're good at. Pushing you. They're good at pushing you you to learn this, and I believe that God the Father is so incredibly patient with us. Just read scripture. Don't even worry about your life for the second, but read God's word, and how many times over and over again God is saying, no, that's not right, but I love you, and I'm going to give you more time. I'm going to give you a second chance. As I thought, here was my question, and it kind of was humorous to like write down the answers. Like, what would I possibly need patience with on a baby. I made my list, right? Tantrums, neediness, sleep schedule, whatever that is, right? That's gone. Lack of understanding and the inability to communicate. That's the biggest one, I think, for me, right? Like, I just want to know what you're thinking. Tell me what's wrong. Ah! That's all you get, right? There it is. Maybe that was even my child. I don't know. I think, yeah, my wife's given me the thumbs up of like, she tried, she's communicating with dad this morning, but what does it mean? We don't know. And like, there have been times the windows of the car has gone down, the radio has gone up, and I just, the horn. Like, that's all I had left. Patience. It was gone, but catch this. I believe that God has grown me in what Not just my patience, because mine is way short, but it just, it shows off how remarkable his patience is for us. Our heaven, like, I love her, and I feel like I am as patient as I possibly can be, and I'm growing in it, but our God is perfect in that. And just how he knows exactly what hurt and pain, and even the good things that we're going through, even when we don't communicate with him, he's like, I love you. You want to know the second word that I wrote down? sacrifice your life as you know it young people who want kids whoo you better uh, get ready for the game changer as i call it right because your life has completely changed your time your energy your resources like your very life is now different because guess what you have to sacrifice all those things that you thought you wanted are no longer important because you are looking out for the needs of that little kid. And sweet little Juliet, like, man, I want to give her the world. But there's only so much time, only so much resources that I can possibly give her. But catch this. The Heavenly Father, he has all the time. He has all of the resources. And he is here with us this morning. And he wants to bless his children. He wants them to understand how much, here's my third word, He loves us. His love is a deep love. His love is an unconditional love. He, ladies and gentlemen, is the one who truly shows us what love is. And this morning, I could talk and I could brag on our earthly dads. I could puff you guys up and you could walk out of here feeling like a million bucks, but here's what I want you to hear this morning. Your love should look like that of the Heavenly Fathers. You want to model your life based off of him. And so, as I was thinking about this message of all the things that I want to, to do for Juliet, and just how many things, like I want to raise her to know the Lord, and there were a few things where I said, nope, I will never do that. <laughs> Here I am, <laughs> right? Backed it up. But I am so thankful for my parents. I'm so thankful for the sacrifice, for the patience, for the love that they give me. And I'm going to call my dad later today because I didn't want to call him at 6.30 this morning and be like, good morning, pops, right? But I'm going to call him and say thank you. But I want this morning for us to hone in on the appreciation for our Heavenly Father and all that he has done for us, the love that he gives. And I couldn't help but think of a better story in Scripture than that of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. And so I'm going to read that this morning. This fan keeps blowing my Bible pages, so I'm going to do my best to hold it down as we go here. But if you guys would, I, and I don't have it up on the screen, so you're just going to have to listen or follow along with me. But listen to the story. I know it's one that we've heard, but once again, as you experience God's love, as you walk through different seasons of your life, there's truth that you've heard all of your life that just go, Oh! <gasps> I see it I understand it and so this story is the one that I feel like oh I see it I get it it says um, in Luke chapter 15 verse 11 and he said there was a man who had two sons and like for me I have one brother so this story I relate to it so well the younger of them said to his father father give me the share of property that is coming to me And the father divided his property between them. And not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into the far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods and the pigs ate. And no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to the father. Right? We all know that story of this son, who disrespects his father and says, give me what's mine now. And after he gets it, he doesn't even stick around to like build a house right beside his father or down the road. He goes off and he parties hard. He goes off and he lives his best life, it says. And you know that the father probably hears of this. The word gets back to him and man, I'm sure his heart was broken. His son is out there. His son is not doing what he has probably raised him to do. And I, I know, I've, like, you see this story play out in our time today, and some fathers get bitter. Some fathers, they end up mad at their son by the end of it. Like, how could you do this to me? But man, guess what this story shows? The father's love. As we continue reading in verse 20, he arose and he came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. Like, what an incredible picture, right? And I have a picture this morning, and I know this is not the prodigal son. This is just a father opening up his arms and a little bitty boy coming back, right? And it's a beautiful picture. Like, and you're saying, well, there's no way he was that young. But guess how a father views their kids that are grown up sometimes? like a little bitty kid. And when we come back to him, what joy, what incredible celebration that the father has, right? And not only does he feel compassion for him and like, welcome back now, and Roger and I were talking about this after the first service, like he doesn't say, okay, now you've got to earn your trust back, son. You've got to earn it back. You've got to be good. And I'll give you a little more each time. What does this father do? Puts a robe on him puts a ring on him, says, let's go kill that fatted calf and let's celebrate. Because let me tell you, that is a picture of the heavenly father. Do you see the patience? He was waiting for that son to come back. He probably went out there every day and looked for that son because he desired for him to be back. What incredible sacrifice. He'd already spent one fortune on this son, but he's was like, you know what? Whatever I have is yours. Give him the ring. Give him the robe. Kill that fatted calf. We can get another one. My son has returned. Sacrifice. Patience. Love. I'm not there yet. These are the words I'm working on. These are the words that God is constantly pushing me deeper. And the deeper I go, guess who it points me to? Him. And this is who I need to model my life after. God the Father, right? So, they have this celebration. Listen to what it says. Verse 24, For my son was dead. Right? We're well, like, He didn't die. Spiritually dead. Remember what I said in the very beginning. What's the most important thing for us to do for our children? Teach them to know the Lord. Teach them to grow in the Lord. Teach them to serve him. Because it's about life in Jesus. My son was dead and is now alive, for he was lost, but now he is found. And they began to celebrate. And man, today is one of those days of celebration. Like some of you fathers, you have some kids in the room. You're going to go home this evening. You're going to barbecue. You're going to have a grand time. You want to know what our plans for Father's Day is? Family nap time, right? That's what we're going to do today. We're going to hope that Juliet has a nap this evening, and we can just shut down and rest. But man, when you feel the love from your father, man, it'll just cause you to celebrate. All right, I've got to move. We're running out of time here. The last story that I want to share is in Mark chapter 9. And I'm not going to read it because I want to get to my first John passage. But there's this passage in Mark chapter 9. This father has a son who is demon-possessed. And let me tell you, just if we had time to stop and think about all that that entails. Like you think you've got a son or a daughter who's kind of like struggling? demon possessed. The text says that the demon would try to hurt the kid by throwing him into the water. It would throw him into the fire. This kid would fall on the ground convulsing. Like, talk about feeling the pain for your kid. This dad does. The disciples have already tried to cast him out. They have failed. And now he's taking him to Jesus. This father is determined to do whatever he can. And man, that is what our father, he is determined to get us to him. He finally gets him to Jesus. Jesus is like, all right, I'll do it. The text goes on and says that Jesus cast out the spirit. And that's the incredible part. And like, but I read this very differently this time as a father. But then that next part of the verse, it said that the boy lay on the ground as a corpse. So Jesus just cast the demon out. And in the exit process, like if you're reading it, it's like the son died. Remember, you're the father there. You've done just everything you can. You take him to the one person who's supposed to be able to heal your son and you're looking at him dead on the ground. You're heartbroken. You're devastated. But Jesus then comes, takes his hand and raises him up. What do we see in both of those stories? The prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. The demon-possessed boy in Mark chapter 9. There's no life without Christ. This heavenly father, his ultimate love was be- What? to send his son down to die. First John does a really good job of saying this, right? And so I'm going to flip there. Everyone knows John 3, 16. But how many of you go f- know 1 John chapter 3, verse 16? Look what it says. By this we know love. How can we know love? What is it all about? That he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Like I said... I don't have the time this morning to really unpack all of this. But when we realize how much he has loved us, we then share that love with others. Look at 1 John 4, verses 9 and 10. In this love of God was made manifest. It was revealed. It was showed to us that God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him in this love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Guys, that is what it's all about this morning. His incredible love. And I always, many times, when someone is struggling with understanding God's love, like I, I wish I knew who to credit this, but a long time ago, I heard someone talking about a father and how they teach their kids how to walk. And Like, right now, I am in that beautiful stage of Juliet's kind of learning to walk. And so this is just so real for me right now. Like, I put out my little hands, and she grabs hold. Like, anytime you just do this, like, she instantly, like, reaches out, and, like, she knows that's go time. And then, like, you just try to keep up, right? Like, when she falls down, do I scold her? Do I get mad at her? Am I like, bad? Come on, kid. Like, you should get this. No, what do you do? You lovingly pick them back up. You encourage them. You help them. And for me, that is the greatest picture of the Father's love, of His loving care for us. And as we get older, it looks different. But you're constantly there encouraging and loving the entire time. And that's my question for us this morning. Do we have that type of love, dads, moms, Are we loving others like the Heavenly Father is telling us to love? My second question is, are we showing that Heavenly Father's love to this lost world? Right, you heard the description of when that boy came back. He was dead, but now alive. He was lost, but now found. There's so many. And maybe you're one of those parents who your child or daughter is still lost. Don't give up. Patiently wait. Pray that God does something powerful. And man, let me tell you, I believe with all my heart that as he, being the unconditional loving father, he wants to bring that son or that daughter back. He wants there to be restoration. He is in the business of redeeming people. That's what he does. And so those are the things that God's been working. Patience sacrifice, and love. And I know that I'm not going to be the perfect father, but I'm going to do my best to try. And here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. I'm going to allow his Holy Spirit to prompt my heart.